Today is Friday, October the 28th, 2022, and welcome to episode 17 of Rural Reliance with Kenny Couple. My name is Julia, this is my husband Aaron, and we're a small homestead family in rural southwest Virginia who work every single day on being more self-reliant. As you all can tell, I'm back. <laughs> um, we are not totally healthy in our household, but we are definitely getting closer. Yes, definitely. Uh, a lot closer than we were last week at this time. Yes, a lot a lot better. Um, we, we all did have RSV. Yes, yep. Um, I, you know, they said a lot of adults are having, in our area, it's really rampant. It's just crazy. We don't even leave the house and we get RSV. So, I mean, we, we don't leave the house because we'd, we'd want to not leave the house. Um, but anyways, we're healing, we're doing good, and we're here to go over um, the topic for today. And what we wanted to talk about was actually something that you have heard us talk a little bit about, but we wanted to go a little bit deeper into it. And it's, you know, adding animals or livestock to the homestead. So, um, for us... You know, what, tell everybody about our current animal situation. We have pets. <laughs> and that is it. And um, some older pets. And some... Use, and a useless barn cat. She's not a barn cat. She's just a useless cat. There ain't no barn to it. No, we... Um, most people wouldn't consider us homesteaders because we, we don't have animals at this point. Right. And for us, it's always been trying to figure out what and how that can fit into our schedules. Yes. And would allow us to... Do the things we want to do. Do things we want to do and not be tied down. Right. We want some flexibility. And, you know, that that's the thing when you're adding animals, any animal, to your homestead pets or not. That's something you have to really look at. Because when you take on an animal, you are responsible for that animal. That is why we cannot free-range anything we have. We have predators, we have bears, we have a whole pack of coyotes we heard in the back just right behind us. We have all kinds of things. There's no way I would ever leave anything out to to be killed because for me, it's a responsibility thing. I'm responsible for this animal. I need to make sure it's taken care of. Yeah. So um, tell them about our future pet situation. <sighs> So, we've decided not to go forward with any new pets in the future. Um, no more, like, dogs and cats type. Well, it's a barn cat. We would, we do need a barn cat. But one that is not trained by the current cat. cat. <laughs> no. Because we don't need another useless one. No. Um... But, you know, the only other thing I could see is if... Somehow we were able to get like a protection uh, dog or something like that for us and for the little one. But, you know, stuff like that is very costly and I don't think that's ever going to be in our budget. But, you know, hey, if we won the lottery or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that for, for us, you know, this is a hard decision. This is a it was. very hard decision for Aaron um, because he loves... He loves his dogs. He does. And he loves his huskies. Um, 
and we had even veered back from just the husky, pure husky. We had even moved towards maybe a German Shepherd husky mix or even some other breeds that might yeah. be more friendly for the homestead. Or even we've talked lately even about uh, uh, the livestock guardian dog. Yeah, livestock guardian dog. But uh, at the moment, no plans for another a pet being added after the older ones pass on. Yeah, even inside, we've made that decision. You know, at this point, no, no more cats inside. And um, with the way the economy's going, if we're going to be paying to feed something, we need that to be working for us. When yep. that's not to say we don't love animals, we do. I'm right. a huge cat person. I love cats. Um, I love dogs. We love our animals, and this is. This was a very hard decision for us to make, but it was one we have to make. So the way everything's going, it's not going to get any better. Right, exactly. And the cost of everything keeps rising. The cost to uh, feed an animal that does nothing but provides joy. Exactly. Um, and unfortunately, we really need animals that are willing to provide food. Yes. That's what we need to focus on. So, um, it's a hard thing to decide, but it was one we really had to decide. Now, we do need a barn cat because we do have a mouse problem, and we do want something that'll get rid of snakes. Um, having a cat around does help with snakes. We've only yeah. seen one. Yeah, two. Two. Well, two. Well, that one that was dead, remember? Oh, yes. Yes, two. Um, but, definitely, definitely not a lazy <laughs> Yes, we have we a need. very lazy cat. Aaron has... Um, he has let his cats be very, very lazy, and now you, sh they're they're at an age you can't train it out of them. Yeah. Um, she will catch the um, ground moles. Ground moles, yeah, but nothing else. <laughs> she won't catch catch a mouse or a rat. Um, forget that. We have to catch those, or, or and she'll bring rabbits. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. She will she bring has, rabbits. She, this last year and this year, she has caught baby rabbits. Uh, lots of baby rabbits. Lots of baby rabbits. <laughs> we we've had decapitated baby rabbits. Yes. Um. So she she does catch a few things, but not the things we really want her to focus on, like <laughs> yeah. like the mice and the rats. We don't have them inside, but we did have a really big problem with the mouse out a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But we've really gotten that under control. Oh yes. Um. So most people wonder like. Why don't you have any other livestock or working animals on your property? Well, so. we've been trying to decide is honestly what has been the, I guess you could say, strategy. Or how how would we get them? Where are we putting them at? How would we take care of them? I mean, like, we try to think through all this stuff before we jump into it. Yes, we, we are very very thorough it's sometimes it's a detriment to us it is because we it would really like down. we would really like to have some chickens right now because right. of the price of eggs um so for us you know we weren't ready when we first started homesteading and i feel like people who jump into homesteading and they try to garden and get goats and chickens and everything i think you're crazy uh, kudos to you if you can do it but there's no way we could like jump into it year one and have all this stuff that you're trying to manage. I'm just still, I was still trying to learn how to even garden and get a potato. <laughs> um, like our first year gardening, we had one batch of potatoes out of like five rows of potatoes we planted. They were all gone. 
Aaron went and dug. There was not a single potato in the garden. Like, not even a rotten potato. So, we we really focused on trying to learn how to grow food. Yeah, first. it's been, it's for us, it's been a, more of a garden um, vegetable production. Fruit berries, pro- and- berries and fruit production is what we've been working on uh, mostly. For, for right now. But we've always talked about animals. And that mm-hmm. was always the next step. Um, so when we started homesteading. We, we discussed animals. And the first animal we decided on was a goat. Yes. Uh, the um, dwarf Norwegian. Na- Nigerian. Nigerian, yes. Uh, and uh, we talked about them from the, the uh, perspective of having uh, goat's milk. Yes. And, you know, I'm we still haven't ruled that out completely because I do like goat cheese. I, I do. I'm a huge and, goat and cheese and goat milk for person. For making soap. You yes. know, the, the, there's lots of advantages to them, but the reason that we basically ruled them out was because of the care yes. needed for them. Um, and we've also discussed rabbits. I keep pushing for rabbits. Aaron's had rabbits as pets. I've had a lot of rabbits as pets of growing up. I mean, I, I just don't know. I mean, to me, they were always hard to take care of as pets. And just just raising them as for meat would be, I don't know, it just, it just seems so hard. <laughs> so rabbits are even though I bring it up periodically, like at least once a month, Aaron. The only good thing is about if we could have them for the their manure. Yes. Since it's a cold fertilizer. Yes. Um, and when we first started homesteading, I said no chickens. Yes, you did. I, I was very adamant. I don't want any chickens. I don't want them. I just don't. Um, that was my very first thing. I said, I don't want any chickens. I don't want to deal with it. Look at how we've changed. And, uh, and then we've kind of, we have this period where we stalled out. Yeah, didn't even talk about any animals per se. We Just really focused on food. Focused the on the food production, yes. After our first year gardening, and we felt realized how hard it was to grow here. Like, it, it was so hard to grow here. Yeah, our, our soil test came back very bad. Like um, nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. It was just low and everything. Um, we knew we had to focus on um, getting the soil where it needed to be. And learning how to grow here. And mm-hmm. what can we grow here? And what, what do we want to grow here? What do we want to eat? That's, that right. is a huge thing. So we really focused on that and also learning how to preserve it. Because mm-hmm. that's not when easy either. Um, we've tried, but it, none of it's, nothing has been easy. Um, if they tell you homesteading's easy, then they're very wrong. Um, so what happened was 2020, everybody knows what happened then. Mm-hmm. Um, we, in February, we went on a cruise and came back to the world falling apart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was really what happened. It, it really was. I mean, we were like the last cruise ship that was able to get off the boat. Before they you were started blocking on people on boats, um, I mean we we missed it like by a week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we really did. Um, and, and then you know all this insanity started happening. Mm-hmm. It just went crazy, 
and we were starting to do better. We were starting to learn how to produce more food for ourselves and getting right. there. And, you know, then we kind of started talking and I mean, we decided maybe we did want to do chickens. Um, we realized we eat a lot of eggs. And we, chicken meat. We eat a lot of chicken meat. So for us, you, after we really thought about it, chickens did make make the most amount of sense for the first lot working animal we bring onto the homestead. And, you know, it this this wasn't an easy decision because I always felt like chickens would be a lot of work. And they are going to be a lot of work. But I don't feel like they're going to be as much work as some other animals out there. Right. Um, but this is like the one animal we know for sure we're bringing on. Yes, because we've got the chicken coop built. We got the chicken coop built. And we also have the perfect place for a run. Yes. We, we do between our garden. Um, all we have to do is figure, you know, put up some netting through there. And that'll be very easy to put up so they get coverage and put in some coop areas. And we've got a very long and a decent size run mm -hmm. for several meat birds. So we will have a place for those meat birds to be that's protected that we've already built. And we didn't even build it for that purpose. Right. I was cleaning it up and I told Aaron, I said, I think we need to put meat birds over here. And he's like, you know, that's a really good idea. So we can already have 20 meat birds in this area working for 16 weeks. We have chickens to go in the freezer um, next week or next year, which is really what's idea. Um, and I guess for our learning journey, we've really learned a lot since 2020. We really focused on learning then. Yes. Uh, learning different ways to do things, thinking of more automation perspectives, um, just just figuring out and learning more, taking more classes, uh, watching more other homesteaders, uh, learning from other people, stuff like that. Absolutely. And um, we've really focused. We, we try to learn something new every day. That, yes. That's really the goal. Yes. And, and even if we only pick up like one nugget from here, if even if it's not learning about homesteading, it's learning how do we save another dollar. Yes. Um, so, so as you know, the Kenny couple, we're not just pure homestead mm -hmm. we are about saving money getting to quicker earlier retirement getting uh food production you know we sort we're, we're sort of you know the frugal homesteading category yeah i would absolutely agree with that we really want to focus on making the most out of our budget and putting the most away that we can um, and living, you know, the most off of what we have on our property. Right. I think that's the best way of putting them. Um, but we have talked a lot about adding animals. We went through quite a few different uh, uh, things. <laughs> so uh, I have a list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we even had to uh, look up one here before we started i was like what was that thing it was driving me crazy i was like what was that one that i said let's try <laughs> do you tell them what it is it was the is a yak i kept saying wildebeest because we watched the old adams family the television show and they eat wildebeest and yak <laughs> so for some reason i knew it was one of the two i just couldn't think of the word no but um they talked about how good you know gack meat is and how good a seller it was and you can you could ride a yak as well and they do good with um 
you don't need to feed them as much. Like you don't have as have as good of pasture for them. Per they need forage. They're smaller. They're not terribly so, massive. I mean, we 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 talked about those, but we've looked at um, other long-haired breeds of cows. Um, the yeah. miniature jerseys. The miniature jerseys. Yes, we talked about having those from a milk perspective because they, you know, were so much smaller, and we wouldn't have. Since, since our pasture area wouldn't be a massive area, so we were looking for things um, that wouldn't require a lot of pasture. Yes. And we also looked at some of the Scottish Highland cows as well. I don't remember for what reason on those at the time. Um, we've looked at pigs. We've looked at all kinds of different types of pigs now. I mean, from um, what's the one uh, a permapasture has? Guinea. The guineas, you know, I mean, we saw some of those in person. Um, and that was not a small pig. That was, that one there, he was, he, he should have been. <laughs> he should have been, he, he should have been put into the freezer. Yeah, for quite a while back. And um, you've looked at some others um, that, you know, um, produce meat. But we know we want meat and fat. We want that good mix of, of both. And we also discussed sheep as a possibility as well. Uh, I mean, we saw this on permafasture. Yeah, and we've heard, you know, a lot of, uh, even um, Nicole Sauce there talk about them as well, you know. She's turned me off of them. Oh, <laughs> has she? She has. God, they're so time and work intensive <sighs> and the fencing and the rotation yeah. of pasture. For us, we work, where we work full time, it makes it yeah. harder. Yeah, it, we would need, we won't be able to leave him as much either. Right. And, you know, we talked about other types of goats as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we looked at a few other different types, you know, for meat, milk, just grazing, you know, to clear up stuff. I mean, but. And we've not, like I said, we've not ruled out a larger livestock. We haven't. That's a future goal. Something that is, you know. It's going to take more time for somebody to, to work them and take care and, of them. Until we are set with food production, uh, the small animals, and the side businesses. Yes. It would, it would be something that would come along after that. Yes, and I would like to have half the food that we're feeding the um, us animals. Producing. Us producing. Yeah. That is the goal. Like half of their food in some form or fashion, if it's through cold frames, um, if it's through a greenhouse, if it's we are producing something, they can eat some greens. Um, something we can feed them in bulk in addition to whatever feed we're giving them. Yeah. Um. Chickens, ducks, turkeys, rabbits, and quails. Those, I think, that the gambit of animals we yeah, talked about. Yeah, and we've you've talked, always said guineas or no. I've always said guineas or no. Yeah, um, I mean the only good thing about them, you know, Snakes. they well they they eat well they eat everything up the bugs and stuff too pick everything. But uh, you know, duck wise, we've talked before that is going to happen. Ducks we are, are going to have happen. we are going to have ducks we've went back and forth on quail quite often about... I'm still leaning towards yes. We might even have, you know, just get enough to produce some each year to put up for quail meat. Right. Have, um, um like a, 
a couple of layers and have them for the eggs and then you yep. know rotate those out every few years just have yep. like a breeding stock every 18 months that we rotate out and we breed a whole bunch of them yeah um you know for incubate um for for our actual food because we do like it yeah and we've been discussing turkeys a lot lately um, well, we think a few times are a good idea for us. Yeah, I mean, it would it would probably be, you know, an option later on to maybe add, you know, I don't know, maybe have three or four years or something like that to put up. Yeah, five, probably like six turkeys, you know, six, eight. It depends. We have an area, mm-hmm. our current dog lot, that is really set for any animal that we want to bring it's it in. We, we have made this... Okay, so we didn't make this predator-proof. We made it dog-proof. <laughs> because... For digging, so which makes it predator-proof now. Yes. And it's got built-in stalls and everything. It's so... got a very nice house, and we're about to put in a massive attic fan for summer for next year yeah. for them. Um, and we could always do goats in this area, you know, milking goats as well, we've talked. Yeah. I don't know, but... Either way, um, we, we've talked through quite a few different options, and I'm sure there'll be something else that comes up that we talk through later on as well. Yeah, we have to be, like, a lot of fads. You always hear the fads come through, and that's whenever we first started. That was the, you know, Nigerian dwarf goat. That was the fad, and we looked at it, and we talked about it, but we just weren't ready. We, we weren't at a place where we could manage it. Um a larger animal that requires more attention is we're not at a place where we can manage it. We need more, we can automate, simplify, check on you in the morning, in the evening, you're okay, do our thing, you know, take care of them, you know, take care of them, but they are not as time intensive and set up systems that are not as time intensive. When you have a grazing animal, it's very hard to set up systems that aren't, that don't take a lot of time because we have also have to consider, you know, some of the things about our property. We have planted a lot of trees. (laughs) We've planted a lot of trees and it's very hard to set up a grazing system around those trees. (laughs) They're just going to eat the trees. Um, that that's what it would be, and it would be that would be heartbreaking because we put a lot of time, effort, and money into those trees, a lot of work. Um, so how we decided to settle on poultry only, Th- it wasn't easy. No, definitely not. As you've heard, as we talked through a lot of pros and cons of everything, and you know we've tried to see what is the best option for us. But when it comes down to poultry, it's because what that's what we eat the most of. Absolutely. Um, so here's here's what we really looked at. We looked at our current lifestyle. So right now we both work forty over forty hours a week. Right. Um. So we both work over forty hours a week. Um. We also like to travel occasionally. We like to go away for you know a couple of days here and there. We like to be able to leave the homestead and do things. Um. You know, just just to have a life outside. <laughs> of the homestead mm-hmm. occasionally we don't do it very often but we do do it occasionally we also looked at you know what do we want to do you know what do we want to do in the future is this going to hamper anything what if we wanted to leave for a week can we set this up for a week um 
are these things easily to automate? This is Aaron's area yeah, more yeah. than mine. A- automating anything or to be able to check on them if we need to, you know, from the perspective of even, um, you know, setting up cameras and stuff to check on them if we were away or and being like, hey, can you go over and uh, check on them, you know, call somebody if needed. And, um, you know, the can you leave it, we just recently, you know, to the YouTubers we follow, they, this is something that they talked about. You saw um, D. South Homestead, it was asked if he was going to the... Um, Oh, what was it? The Midwest Preparedness Festival. The Midwest Festival. Preparedness Festival. He said, no, he has a working homestead. Totally get, get that. He has lots of animals that he needs to be there to feed. Um, he has those cows. He has the turkeys. He has the chickens. Rabbits. The rabbits. He has lots of animals that he has to be there to feed. And the cows are probably the really big one. Probably, yeah. Um, that require the most attention. Um, Perm Pastures Farm. William was supposed to go to Self-Reliance Festival before from what they talked about. They were trying to find a way to get his wife there. Um, Michelle, right? Yes. Yeah, Michelle. Okay, make sure I said her name right. And she ended up going. William was staying home because we saw the videos he put out. So he was the one that was on, you know, farm duty. When you have bigger livestock or very intensive systems, it's really hard to leave. Right. And I think if you're starting out from scratch, planning those systems as early as you can for stuff like this is the way to go. We're actually pretty lucky. Um, we've had some failures with some plantings in some areas. So we've actually been able to really rethink mm-hmm. how we want our homestead to look because we have everybody else can grow elderberries everywhere. Yeah, we've had a very hard time getting elderberries to grow, for sure. Like, we can't get them to do anything. So, we finally just said, okay, we're done. This area is mostly dead. We're not replacing. Hey, why don't... It's like, can't we put the ducks here? (laughs) Like, you're brilliant. It's not too far from the house. It's not too far from anything. It's really just a walk. I mean, it's, it's so close. I mean, it's probably... As close as the chicken coop. Yes, yeah. Just I mean, in the other direction. Just in the other direction. Um, you know, we, same thing with where our garlic is. Our garlic area went where we had a whole bunch of elderberries that just didn't produce anything. We planted these when we first started. Yeah, these were some of our first things we uh, planted because we took a lot of elderberry at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was something we wanted to produce as naturally as we could. Absolutely. Um, so we really looked at these things and, you know, things are starting to fail. Well, now do we really need to replant here? Or does this property need to be something else? That's what we're looking at. Yes. And, you know, um, some things it's switching to a different type of plant in that mm-hmm. area. You Absolutely. Know, um, more nitrogen producers, more current, stuff like that, you know. Yeah, we're really going to be focusing this um, spring on propagation. Um, I'm going to really focus on propagating our gooseberries and seeing if I can't get a set of gooseberries to go in our front yard um, at the base. Well, not our front yard, the front of our property um, at the base there so we can really build a nice, start building a nice living hedge. And I'm talking like a really thick gooseberry hedge and then I could pick from one side <laughs> I don't care about the other side I'll just pick from my back you side. know it's from strategically placed as well you know because mm-hmm. they do have lots of thorns they do they are very thorny but god they're worth it um 
And again, more food that, you know, if we can't eat it all, we can give it to our animals. So when we are talking about adding animals, and we just did this a couple months ago, we do a pros and cons list for our homestead. And again, the big thing we came to realize is what do we eat? What do we eat? We don't eat a lot of pork. We don't eat a lot of beef. My mom just told me I needed to get a cow. That's because she wanted the cat and me. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't eat it. And it takes so long. That's the other thing we looked at, the length of time these things take. Um, we eat poultry. We, we don't eat a lot of, I can get Aaron to eat beef maybe once every three months. Unless it's if a it's, burger. Unless it's a burger, right. Unless it's a burger or a, occasionally a steak. But right, like yeah. a roast, we're getting, nah. he, he's not into it. Pork. Again, we only eat this about once every two to three months. Yeah, barbecue, you know, or um, have some um, breakfast pork chops. He does like those. You know, stuff like that. But um, besides that, we don't really have, you know, pork on a day-to-day basis. Mm -mm. No, we don't have, we're not those I have pork once a week kind of people. Or, you know, we have beef once a week. We, We have chicken like six to seven days a week. Yeah. So, um, ducks, oh, we love duck, we love quail, we love turkey. I mean, that for us just seems, it just seems so logical. And I don't know how it, we took so long to get here. I know, I know, because, you know, those are the, all the types of things we would eat on a day-to-day or having our meal. Um, so. I mean, like for us, grow, growing goat, I mean... We, we've had lamb occasion, uh, once once or twice. It was really good smoked. Um, yes. Aaron smoked that one. It was really, really amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's good. But, you know, just raising them, you know. The time, the amount of effort and work that it takes to put into them, just for us, the, the initial cost, will not make up for it in the long term. If we eat red meat, we do like um, venison deer. That tends to be the one we tend to lean to. And the reason we lean to it, it's not fatty. Aaron, he is very anti-fat in his food. Um, If it's got fat on it, he won't eat it. He he just won't. Um, He will pick it out. And even some like deer roast, he thinks it's fat, and he picks it out and sends it to me. Um, puts it in my bowl. Um, so he will eat deer, um, and he 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 likes ground deer. Um, mm. He'll do that and some some different foods, but just for it, just did not make sense. It just did not make sense to go no, the other route. No, I mean I love to have buffalo, but yes, you know, love buffalo meat, love elk meat, but you know. Raising those isn't practical. Or feasible. Or feasible. Hopefully we'll eventually have elks around here. Maybe. Yeah, we so in our area here there's they've created this area and they've been stocking a lot and they opened it up this year for the first one or two people that can go in and kill one. So in the future it could be a very possibility that they come out uh of here and you know, open up a season, you know, 15 years from now or something. Which would be wonderful. And, you know, we definitely set Aaron and hopefully his dad at that point set them up for uh, that lottery. And uh, his, his dad, he's great at hunting. He's great. He killed mm-hmm. how many deer last year? Three? I 
were two, two or three. Um, he, he got quite a few, and uh, unfortunately, I was not in a place where I could process them. I was quite a bit too pregnant and too sick to do it. Um, but this year, definitely, whatever he kills is going into um, the ground meat. We will be cooking up and putting in the freeze dryer, um, roast in the freezer for uh, stews. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like we've said, you know, we've, we've, th there's possibility of something else coming mm -hmm. in because it would definitely not be nice to have something for milk yes. uh, because cheese. We, cheese, butters to make ghee, you know, stuff like that is something that we would, we use, you know, uh, we, we eat a lot of cheese a lot of cheese and um we've started to use a lot of uh ghee uh, mm -hmm. at the moment so and we've been trying to get that at the amish store um or you know the natural unsalted um and our our local amish store has it but it, it, it is expensive for for a pound it's like eight dollars um so it's very expensive i'm tempted to try to make it with the raw milk itself because the raw milk's a little cheaper and you can buy the unpasteurized raw milk there and make it from scratch and then do it all. Um, but I, I'm not set up at this time to do it that way. And I'm just trying to get it made and, and put it to the cabinet. Yeah, I mean, that would, you know, like we said, something like that would be nice. But at the moment, it's, it's, a, it's a no right now. But in the future, something might change. And, and as they develop more automation. Yeah, yeah. Anything that we can find, you know, to help automate something more, you know, I mean, maybe even a pig's back on the table or something like that. If we start producing enough extra food for it or find a source of daily food to give it, you know, something like that could be back on the table as well. It's just we are trying to stay as cost effective the cost effect is possible low low cost on all of these animals we want something where we can maybe produce most of the food for them we want something where uh, the food for them is not going to break us <laughs> but we can still be healthy you yes. know no soy you know right. things like that you know as natural as we can get and we have found a good source for food good options um and i know a lot of people get really anal about their feed production for their chickens and i'm kind of leaning towards you know when jack spirico went over this he's like i really just give them when they're, they're big enough dated they get it the regular i'm really leaning towards that like in the olden days people didn't go this crazy over chicken feed. They, yeah. they just didn't. Like, yeah. your chickens just got their feed, and you put the things in it that they needed. I, I feel like we almost get obsessive with how these things need to happen, and I want to give these animals the best life, but the chickens my grandparents raised had a best life. They had a good life. Yeah. And, <laughs> honestly, all I ever remember uh, my great-aunt given to him was corn mm -hmm. I, I don't remember anything mm -hmm. else besides i remember a bag of corn you know just getting in throwing them some corn out i mean all these animals didn't have pellets and stuff like that you know 
And if we look at like uh, Billy from Permapastures, he feeds them anything he can find from any restaurant or anything that they'll eat. (laughs) Anything. I mean, I I feel like it gets overcomplicated at times. I really do. I think think we can overcomplicate it and overthink it. Um, But we actually wanted to go over, you know, two really quick examples of, you know, for right now, where we are, what we're looking at. Um, pros and cons list. And so what we're looking at is, can we leave for, you know, a day or two, three, um, four even? Um, is it easy for us to work with our current schedule? Because not only are we managing our full-time jobs, we're also managing the homestead. We're managing gardens. We're managing hundreds of trees. We're managing a baby. And trust me, she takes time. (laughs) Um... She demands her time. <laughs> she will let you know. Um, and we also want to make sure we have time for each other. Exactly. And we don't want to be so, you know, we don't want to be so overworked that we forget that whole goal we're doing this is so we have the life we want together. And you know, we don't want to grow separated. So that's what we're looking at right now. And let's go with pigs first. So pigs. So the cons for us for pigs. Just a few. They are time intensive. Mm-hmm. They are intrusive. Yep. They require really good fencing. Most Except pe- for the electric. M- most people, yes. The, Billy at Permapastures is the only one I've ever seen keep them in that type of fence. And I'm always like, how are they staying in here? Like, that... No, anybody around here, you, you have them in a yeah. fenced-in area. Um now the pros um fat i mean because everything as you notice right now we're doing is not fat there's not much fat you know maybe maybe from the ducks we're getting some fat but everything else we don't have any fat sup a little bit from the skin and this is where air is gonna have to learn to eat some some skin even like if i have to crisp it up or something um the meat you get meat, maybe not a lot, depending on what time you're doing, mm-hmm. but you get a little bit of meat. Um, but the biggest con here, we don't need a lot of it. And, and the time it takes to get to that meat. This isn't a two to three month process. This is, you know, a year, three. Depends Depends what on you're getting. So chickens, what are the cons that you think? Predators, of course, um, and uh, the noise. <laughs> noise. They're going to be annoying. <laughs> they're still going to take some time. <clears throat> we'll have to make sure their area is cleaned up. They have to mm-hmm. be in a, in a coop in a run. They have to be enclosed in our area um, for protection. Um, pro will get fertilizer. I mean, easy to use fertilizer. Could use in a year. You get that from the pigs, too. Um, but they do a lot of brooding and a lot of digging. And I think it's a lot harder to get that than it is from the chickens. Yeah, and, and with the chickens, having a type of, uh, having fertilizer to help with all of our composting uh, is going to be massive to us. Yes. Um, eggs. Yes. I mean... Having eggs, I mean, we eat a lot of eggs already, and right now... We've not been able to eat a lot of eggs. We haven't, because, uh, honestly, 
the cost of eggs at the grocery stores as much as some of the homesteaders are selling eggs for now. That's how expensive they've got. And and we eat, I mean, we could we could eat a lot of eggs. We could. That's yes. why we're doing, you know, nine, nine layers um, in our coop and um, a rooster. Uh, we're doing nine layers because I'm going, um, hopefully, you know, an egg a day or an egg every other day. That gets us four eggs per person. And I have four eggs, I can do a lot with four eggs. I know a lot of people can't, so four eggs. And that's including, you know, if we had an extra person here. Um, right now, it's just me, Erin, and the baby. And if we had to have an extra person here, we would be able to feed them. Those other eggs are going into the freeze dryer. <laughs> right. So that way we have them when the birds aren't producing. Yes. Because we, you know, really feel that natural lifestyle. We want our animals to go through that natural cycle as well. Um, so... Eggs are a big thing. The other thing is meat. Yeah. Like and for meat birds, it's a faster meat production. Right. Yeah. It depends, you know, whether you're going just egg layer, meat layer, like we're going in the middle for us. Well, we, we're, for the layers, we are. Um, we're doing a dual purpose bird. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can't get the um, American, American breast, we know we've kind of looked at other breeds that we would look at. But for our meat bird, you know, we're really trying to get the most bang for our buck there. Uh, you know, whatever we can get in the amount of time. 16 weeks is what we'd be looking at for them around that time frame. So we would have that meat. We have a place to put them. And, you know, we could get 20 birds in 16 weeks, if not more than that, depending on what systems we have in place. That's a lot of meat for us. That doesn't seem like a lot of meat for some people. That's a lot of meat for us. That's 20 weeks worth of meals for us. At least. Oh, at yeah. least. Now, I'm, we are very careful. If we could get to producing more, we're doing our own egg. That could probably, you know, we could probably have more meat and, you know, help supplement our diets even more. Um, but for right now, we're very careful with the amount of meat we eat. We eat enough. Um, we would love to have more. I'm, I'm a meat eater more than Erin is. Um, and we do eat a lot of chicken. <laughs> we eat a lot of chicken. It is our go-to meal. Exactly. I mean, it is for everything. It's what we go to. So this is how we kind of run through what we're looking at. Um, you know, did the same thing for quail. We've done the same thing for ducks. Um, we look at the pros and cons and just, it just makes so much sense for us. And I feel so, I feel stupid. <laughs> I really do. I feel stupid that we didn't think of, what do we eat? Like, that's the first question I feel like I should have asked myself. What do we eat? And what should we grow? What should we raise? Well, you know, at the time, too, chicken was extremely cheap at the grocery stores back then, too. So we weren't looking at it as hard. We we were. And again, when we were first starting, we really were focusing on, you know, growing in the garden we really felt like that had to be started before to feed us um and now we want to do it to feed our animals as well especially winter squashes they're very shelf stable my my thought is even maybe to use a freezer or a freeze dryer to put food up for them as well and then rehydrate it um and you know to help supplement their feed in in the winter and then the cold frames. Because we could probably get quite a bit of food for them up, you know, probably an extra two to three months of food through cold frames. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, and that's something hopefully we'll have ready by next winter. Yeah, hopefully. Um, that that's the goal. So I mean, I don't. Animals on the homestead. It's you really have to look at what you're trying to do. <laughs> if you live in a suburban area, I would probably not say get a cow. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have no pasture anyway. You wouldn't have no pasture. It's probably not the best option for you, um, or pig. Uh, you could you could get away with chickens, quail. I think if you are on a small small homestead, that's the way to go. That's the way to go. It really is. I'm even though we're on a larger plot of area. Mm-hmm. I really feel quail is. A huge game changer for us because you can tractor some of them out. I might even have the ability to sell some of them because I know some quail hunters. So when quail seasons open up, I, they they might they might take some homegrown quail from from me. Yeah. Um. So it, it's just looking at that and you know things that don't take as much feed. That that's the other thing we looked at. These animals don't take as much and we looked at how much they have to have. Yes. We actually looked that up and calculated yeah, and what that cost going to be because we need to make sure we have enough feed for we want enough feed for six months at a time. Yes. That that's the goal. Um especially in the winter time. Mm-hmm. In the winter time we can't guarantee we can get out at, at a month at a time. Um I can say this from experience because when Aaron and I were first talking to each other, he was stuck and he was scared to death I was going to run away. I was like, I seriously can't get out. I seriously can't get out. Here's a picture. <laughs> so we, we could get stuck here for a while. We've experienced it ourselves. It, it's just, you know, part of living in that rural lifestyle. And you always want to be prepared. And I feel six months of food, I prefer a year. Um, so yes. Yeah, so, what are some of your uh, final thoughts? Look at what you eat. That's the best question I can ask. What do you like to eat, and is that something you want to focus on? Um, I like Billy today in his video. He says, "Yeah, I don't really like. I eat a lot of chicken." I'm thinking, "Why are you? You're growing it just for the manure, but why are you growing all these chickens? Like, we eat so much chicken. Like, we don't really eat a lot of pork. <laughs> or, yeah. I mean, so what about you?" I really think that uh, I want the yak so I can ride it up and down the road. Yeah. Just so everybody would be like, what in the <laughs> world is that dude on? No. <laughs> no, no, but uh, in all honesty, uh, you know, make sure you figure out, you know, look at it not from a today perspective, but from a year perspective of what are you going to do with these? What are you going to, what good, what goods are you going to get from them meat milk eggs etc you know and and determine you know how you're going to feed those as well you know when you're looking at them and also look at you know what you want do you want vacations you want to be away for six days of the week can't leave a pig for a week they need you know how much is this animal going to rely on you for feed and can you set up those automations right um, so, you know, as always, you got any questions, comments, anything you want us to talk about, you know, send it to the candy couple at yahoo.com and you can find links to everything, uh, that we have out there on Linktree slash the candy couple. And if you can head over to our YouTube channel and give us some likes and subscribes, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, we, uh, 
We would really appreciate that. That would be awesome. And thank you for joining us on Rural Reliance with the Candy Couple, where we work hard, live simple, and enjoy life.